passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Believe in UCLA, the UCLA sports podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. My name is Sam Conan. I'm joined once again by my co-host, Travis Reed. Travis, what's up, man? Hey, Sam. How you doing, man? Doing I'm pretty doing good. All right? This yeah. Six, six in a row for UCLA? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Not bad at all for UCLA uh, men's basketball. We're, we're recording this Sunday, uh, Sunday night during the Niners-Rams game. I'm keeping an eye on this now. Uh, Rams to score a touchdown 17 14 in the fourth quarter. So we'll, we'll, we'll be keeping an eye on that. I'll, I'll update you if anything crazy happens, Travis. I know we were talking before we got on about the uh, the Chiefs Bengals. Uh, both happy to see the Bengals win. That was fun. Um, but the big news the past couple of days in terms of UCLA stuff, uh, that's got to be uh, the, the six game win streak, like you said. Uh, and it started with that Arizona, well, the win streak didn't, but this. Like run of dominance really started with the Arizona game on uh, on Tuesday. We were talking about that kind of a, an emergency check in episode last week. Now we're back to the normal schedule and talking about the Bay Area schools and UCLA absolutely drove them into the ground. Uh, beat Cal eighty one fifty seven on Thursday and then sixty six forty three on Saturday. Uh, defense is the the big thing that stands out in both those games, but. I mean, those were two wire-to-wire 40-minute wins. You love to see that, and it's really the first time we've seen it all year, and it's really promising coming off such a high from the Arizona game. So there's a lot to take away, a lot of positives from from this past week for UCLA. No, no, I definitely agree with you. I think, uh, like I said, they won three in a week, you know, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. and uh, Playing three in a week is hard, let alone winning three. Yeah, exactly. And the fact, not even, let alone the fact that, you know, you go against your biggest rival, uh, you know, in the conference and the, the top three team. I don't know if you saw the new rankings. They got SC, uh, I mean, SC, UCLA, like uh, number four. You know, they moved up, uh, you know, four, uh, three spots. So they got them back to being top fours mm-hmm. in the country. Um, obviously, you know, we're, we're getting to, you know, we'll talk about Arizona next week, uh, you know, that's coming up in Arizona. Uh, but for this, 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 this episode, we'll just talk about the three wins. I felt like UCLA is coming together, you know, um, you know, like we'll, we'll get into the, like each individual game, but UCLA is coming to, you could see, you could feel they're starting to come together with rally back. And even with the fact that they lost their leading scorer, Johnny Juzang, for the last two games, they still play great defense. And I want to send a shout-out to Jake. 
Jake in the, <laughs> getting, getting like 16, 16 points in game two. But uh, yeah, but I think, like I said, they just, they're starting to play, uh, come around. Cause this is when you want to come around like that in January, February, going into the, uh, like the, you know, the pack, pack 12, the pack, pack 12 tournament. And the NCAA, you want to be playing your best ball now, starting to play your best ball now. Yeah, and they definitely are. I mean, we, we've talked about it before, that Villanova game at the beginning of the year, but it was a really impressive win, a great win. Uh, good for the energy, the home crowd, good way to start off the season, but it's not like they played perfect. They probably could have done better despite the, the win. Uh, and, and then you lose to Gonzaga. You get a good road win at Marquette. That was tough. Uh, then you have the COVID break, and you come back. Uh, you lose to Oregon when you shouldn't have. Oregon State plays you close. Uh, your defense doesn't look great against Long Beach State. Uh, the the mountain schools, even though it was a road sweep and it was impressive, uh, you didn't really separate yourself too much in those games. So UCLA was number seven in the country and number seven in the AP poll, but maybe not looking super great. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they, they looked good. They were a good team. Uh, the Arizona game definitely set them apart. It showed, hey, we have a championship ceiling. Like we can show up we can win the big games. We can like really put our foot down and be real and all that. Um, and then I think that this, the, this past weekend with the, the Cal and Sanford games, it showed you that, yeah, that's not a fluke. It's not like, Oh, they can just exhaust all their energy to get to that peak. Cause a lot of teams can do that. If a lot of, if I, I mean, the really good teams, if they put in like 110% effort and all their game planning, all that scouting and all that, into one game, yeah, they can look like a championship team on, on one night. And UCLA is good enough where they can they can reach that level. Mm-hmm. But to mm-hmm. do it three nights in a three games in a row on one week, that's very impressive. And I I feel like let's start talking about the defense specifically. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the Cal game holding them to fifty seven. Um, that was just really really good defense. I, I think uh, the broadcast showed it a little before is that uh, there's something like seven and one this year. Uh, and when uh, Andre Kelly and Jordan Shepard and uh, Grant Antisevich, when they all score in double figures and Antisevich was scoreless, uh, Andre Kelly had six and Jordan Shepard had nine and that was shooting uh, four or 12. So, I mean, the, basically Cal's recipe to success is play good defense and get those three going. Well, UCLA scored 81, so it's not like they play great defense. And then those three guys pretty much sucked. So <laughs> if, if you can, if, if a team's trying to do two things to win the game and you just completely wipe out both of those things, I mean, that, what else do you want? No, no, I think uh, if you notice, uh, in the beginning of the season, I felt like UCLA was trying to outscore people. You know, they wasn't playing as a particularly great defense. They were scoring a lot of points. You know, they was getting like 80 points a game in the beginning of the season, but they were giving up 70, you know? They yeah. wasn't they wasn't locking down on defense. And I think what happened, and the best thing that kind of happened for UCLA is the loss to Oregon in a way. It woke them up, you know, because yeah. it was like, we're not as dominant as we think we are, you know? And we're not as great defensively as we should be. We have a weakness, if you want to say that, right? Mm-hmm. And I felt like, Nick Cronin was like, probably like in his head, he's probably like, I hate the loss, but he's in his head. He's probably like, yes, now they got to <laughs> listen. No, seriously. Coaches sometimes like, yeah. like, like losses to kind of wake teams up. You said they was kind of rolling before Oregon. I mean, they were like, 
you know, 12 and one or 11 and one, whatever it was, nine and one. Um, and they, uh, you know, they were top, you know, top four in the country, you know, like, what? all right, all right, coach. And then when they lost, if you noticed after they lost, uh, the defense picked up, you know, yeah. uh, and, and even with the Oregon state game playing and eh, the defense still picked up every game, you know, and I, I told you before, pack pack 12 or any conference conference games are hard to win. And the fact that you blew out Cal and only held them to 57 points, and then you hold Stanford to 43 points, 43 points in a whole 40 yeah. minute game. Oh and yeah. People forget that Stanford beat SC when they were undefeated. So they, they beat him twice. They, they beat <laughs> USC who supposedly is the top 15 team in the country. They yeah. beat him twice so, at home and, and at USC and you yeah. just totally embarrassed them. They embarrassed them. So I think that SC, I mean, SC, UCLA, um, it's starting to, like I said, like focus, like what they're turning into what Nick Cornyn wants them to be like a defensive team with timely shooting and, and just everybody kind of sharing, sharing the ball, getting points, you know, that's when UCLA is at the best when they have five, six guys getting in double figures, you know, not necessarily Jews ain't going off for 30, even though that's good, but they you know, if Tiger can give us 15, if Bernard can give us 12 to 15, if, um, Cody Ryder can give us like, you know, 12, 10 to 12, you know, if, if Jaime gives us 14 to 17, we are a credible team to beat. It's a hard team to beat. Yeah. Actually, I want to go on one thing you were saying, uh, how the Oregon game was kind of like a, a, a wake up call, like a, a good thing from Mick Cronin's perspective, from the team's perspective saying like, Oh yeah. Like we're not as good as the ring says, we have to be able to step up. Uh, and, and they've shown that they can they can take that that next year, in, in, especially on defense in the few games since then. But I think last year um, they almost were in a similar position, where it's like late January, uh, and they started conference play seven and zero, and they were ranked uh, I don't know what they were like twenty one or something, which for how things had gone through Mick's first year and a half, I think it was the first time they were ranked in, during the regular season at least. So that was good. Uh, started seven and zero in Pac-12 in the driver's seat to win the conference, sitting pretty, and then uh, and then you lose to Stanford in overtime on that horrible inbounds pass thing yeah, that they just yeah, fall asleep yeah, on defense. Yeah, yeah. At the time, you would have looked at that and said, like, "Oh, this is it. This is the 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 wake up call. This is you know they need this. You know they'll recover." And and obviously, last season ended pretty well. They went to the Final Four, but after that exhausting game that took a lot out of them and kind of set them back from their top spot, they went uh, and they beat Oregon state by five. It's not a very, it's not great. They got blown out at USC. They lost to Washington state. And then like, so they had a, a tough two weeks after that Stanford loss that really set them back mm-hmm, this mm-hmm. time you lose to Oregon and you take it, take away some lessons away from it. And then you regroup right away and you've won six in a row since then. Right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like that's, it shows how this is a veteran team. It's a team that had been in a similar situation two years ago, similar situation last year, and now knows how to grow better. They, they grew from it last year. They learned from it, but now they can learn and grow more efficiently and and more well-rounded. And uh, there's just so many things that this team can do. And, the intangible stuff is some of the most impressive stuff. No, definitely. Uh, 
like I said, I thought, I thought, you know, Cronin, like I said, he's molding the team into like a tough team. They're really tough. They can play physical. They can play slow down. They can play fast pace. They can do a lot of different things. I, I think that in a tournament, you, your team has to morph. You can't play one style. You can't be one way. You have to be able to maybe score a hundred one game or 90, and then maybe win a game in the fifties. Yeah. You know, you know, you have to be able to win all different ways if somebody's out. Example, these last two games, Johnny Zhang was out, the leading scorer. Jalen Clark's still, bad. He was out all week. He, he was, was out. both of those both of those guys and and Jaime was out for the second half against yeah, uh, Stanford. Yeah, Jaime so, gets hurt. So you lose half. three of your top six rotation players, two of your top three scorers, mm-hmm. uh, and it, you don't miss a beat. That's why these these are the type of games where, like, especially the Stanford game, where it tests your depth, uh, and it it basically shows you in the tournament. That's how it can be. Johnny Johnny gets in foul trouble one game early. Say he gets two or three fouls early in the game, and he's basically sitting for five, ten, twelve minutes. You got to have the next guy step up, you know. And then he might not be Johnny, but you have to have a Jake and. Uh, uh, you know, score Singleton, yeah, yeah, shoot, shoot, shot Singleton, and like I just feel like you got to have those to win championships. That's the only way you win championships if like you have a team that's all on one court, all going one direction, and all you know willing to step up when things happen. Because and it gonna be perfect. I guarantee you will not be perfect. So they're gonna be they're gonna be tested here, but I think their their resolve is being you know is good. I think that I, I always said that UCLA is one of the top schools in the country. You know. I think they are. You know, I don't think any school is like dominant. I thought Baylor was that. If you notice, Baylor's lost three of their last six. You know, mm-hmm. they just lost last Saturday. Uh, you know, to Alabama. Um, so, you know, I thought the same. You know, I thought Kansas was good, top five, and they got mollywopped at home by Kentucky. You <laughs> yeah. know, by like by like twenty. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, so it's just there's no. I think Gonzaga's great. I think uh, Auburn's great. They're good, but I don't think they're like dominant. You know, I don't no, think yeah, they're... Yeah. you don't you don't think Auburn's playing well enough right now to give Bruce Pearl a lifetime extension. Just a quick aside. That's hilarious to me that they get to number one for the first time in program history, mm-hmm. and then they extend Bruce Pearl for life. I mean, like I, he took him to a final four, what, two, two years ago, three years. He's a really good coach. He was good at Tennessee before the end. And, and he's done some, some really good things at Auburn. They're the best they've been since Charles Barkley. I get mm-hmm. it. But Jesus Christ, you, I mean, show like a little bit of like been there before. It's like, Oh my God, we're number one in the country. Here's all this boatload of money. You're going to be here forever. I guarantee that within six years, Bruce Pearl is fired. Whether it's recruiting violations or they fall off. I mean, it's the same thing. It's like at Ogeron at LSU in football. It's like, oh, we love this guy. He means everything. He's an LSU dude through and through. And then like, okay, there's a little controversy. They go 500. They open a few losses. Oh, boot, see ya. You're gone. I guarantee the same thing's happening with Bruce Pearl. Uh, and that's a total aside and non sequitur. It doesn't matter at all. I just had to get it off my chest. I think it's silly that they're going so all in on a guy. Auburn is like the Clippers in a way. They're like the little brother to Alabama. So if you notice (laughs) what the little brother does, if they're higher than the big brother, they do things like that, you know? Um, 
it's like the Clippers when they went all in on Kawhi, get Kawhi, they, they, they traded all their future for Paul George. It's, it's not even that. It's like the the way that they, they sell it to you. It's like, oh, like we run LA, like Kawhi and Paul George <laughs> coming together, like the best duo ever. It's like, I mean, yeah, they're, they're good. They're the ones in games, but like, really? You're the, you're the Clippers. The Lakers are right there. What are you doing? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's all I've all burned is like we're the like you said, the first time we're ranked number one, number three, basically since I was in college. They were top five when I was in college. They had like a couple guys that went to the NBA. Um, but yeah, but they wasn't they, nobody thought there was national championship type. This year they have a shot, you know. Um, but we'll see. Like you said, like it's gonna be interesting to see what happens in the SEC. I, I don't think they're I don't think they're better than Kentucky if Kentucky's full strength, but that's just me. Yeah, I, I think like Auburn could win the national championship this year, and I still think, and I still think that Bruce Pearl is not there in six years. It's uh, that's that's just how. Uh, actually, they're going before, all in because they, they don't they don't care about next year. They just want to actually, win yeah, now. yeah, that that's true. That's true. Before we move back on to actual UCLA topics, I'm going to kind of ride this uh, into an interesting topic that popped up uh, over the past week with Chris Mack at Louisville. Uh, facing uh, like investigation, FBI stuff, uh, <laughs> assistants getting fired and, and illegally taping people and blackmail and, and whatever the heck was going on there. Uh, well, Chris Mack is out at Louisville. They do not have a head men's basketball coach. They don't have a school president or an athletic director, but uh, the <laughs> vacancy that everyone's focusing on is that uh, head coaching position for a basketball team. Uh Mick Cronin, he was on Rick Pitino's staff there 20 years ago. A lot of people brought it up and said, oh, wow, you know, wouldn't that be interesting? And you know, Louisville, it's a, it's a cool job. I don't really want to give it too much lip service because it's silly and will never happen. But uh, I feel like I had to bring it up. It's uh, never going to happen. And if it does, Mick Cronin is a lot stupider than we thought he was. <laughs> oh, I, look, I can promise you this. I, I can sum it up in two words. No way. Yeah. You're not going to leave. <laughs> you, he just built UCLA to a national chip power. You know, their power. Um, yeah. They're top five team in the country. You just went to the final four a year ago. You, you know, you got that was in year two of a rebuild. <laughs> yes. You went to the final four a year ago, your top five this year, and you had the number two recruiting class in the country coming in with two McDonald's all Americans. So yeah, I don't think he's going to start over at Louisville where there's no AD or no president. And you it's might the, be facing a tournament ban for FBI stuff. You know, who, yeah, yeah, who yeah, yeah. I it's a mess over there. There's no, you way. don't, you don't leave UCLA. You leave UCLA to the NBA. You don't use you don't leave UCLA to go to Louisville. Like no offense against Louisville, they're a great school, but you don't leave UCLA to go to Louisville. Yeah, I, I think uh, I think it was. I'm trying to think. I think it was Dave Woods at Bruin Report Online who who went through and uh, said how all, all the coaches who have been at Louisville the past forty years or whatever, none of them had their best college stint at Louisville, like Patino was better other places. They had other, their past head coaches were better other places. Everyone who's at UCLA, all, all the head coaches, all of their peaks, their career peaks are at UCLA. So why would Mick Cronin say like, oh, like I'm riding high. Like I never made it past the sweet 16 when I was at Cincinnati. Now I'm into a final four at UCLA. And you know, you know what now? I just, I love the Kentucky Derby so much that I'm going to go to Louisville. Like, oh, please, <laughs> cut it out. Well, no, yeah. no, I don't see it. Like I said, he has, 
he has it going here. You know, they, it's just the engine is just starting. You know, like it's, you see, it's just back. It's not like we went to four final fours with him. We went to one. So we'll see. We'll, we'll keep going. We'll keep going. Yeah. And it's not uh, as, as perfect on paper as the job is. I understand how some people kind of ran with certain things when it came, when it comes to making UCLA and how upset he was about certain COVID protocols when it comes to attendance and delays and, and all that stuff that is he publicly has been frustrated by uh, that is not enough to outweigh literally everything else that makes UCLA a better job. And, mm-hmm. and he knows that he's a basketball junkie, basketball guy through and through. Mm-hmm. He would never sacrifice an ability to, to win, to win a championship, to win long-term just because he's upset about fans not being there for two weeks. <laughs> oh, no, no. I think, you know, I, I think he's he won't be upset. I also, I think that, like I said, UCLA is one of those jobs like, you know, UCLA, Kentucky, Kansas, Duke, North Carolina, uh, those kind of schools, like they're the top of the top, you know? You know, and I, I don't think you leave those kind of schools to go to like, here's, I think Louisville's great. Let, let's say Louisville, Florida, uh, Michigan, you know, yeah. there's great programs. Great. But they're not like the they're not programs. blue bloods. Yeah. They're not the blue bloods. Like I just named, you know, the Kansas, Kentucky's, the Dukes, the, you know, North Carolina's, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. UCLA's. So you don't leave to go there. You leave UCLA. If you want to go to NBA or something like that, yeah, or you, go, uh, you, you leave to another blue blood, but you don't go, you know. Like yeah, that. really, the only the blue blood tier in college basketball, you have UCLA, Kentucky, Kansas, North Carolina, Duke, and then you have like blue blood light, where you have like UConn and Georgetown, uh, and like Villanova, where it's like okay, they're like Big East and they're legit, and there's basketball culture, and they've won, and there's history, but it's not like you're, you're not a like overwhelming powerhouse. Uh, and then you have the tier of good schools, like you're talking about, like Michigan and, and Louisville. And I don't know, maybe, maybe Texas is in there too. Maybe Oklahoma, maybe. Uh, but yeah, you're not leaving a top tier job for a, a like 2A job or something. That, <laughs> that just doesn't make sense. Yeah. Um, let's, let's get back to what's actually going on in the court. Uh, the, the defense playing great, I think. Stanford hit 14 shots, I want to say, and that was the fewest UCLA's allowed in I don't know, 49, 47 years or something like that. The defense <laughs> was insane. The, they forced 22 turnovers, which uh, I went back uh, through, the, through the game logs. They only went back through the 2011-2012 season, so the last 11 seasons. Um, the only time they forced more uh, was against like mid-major, low-major schools, so this was the, the most turnovers they've ever forced against a Pac-12 opponent or like a high major opponent. They, they were just on top of it. It's Peyton Watson with his long arms. It's David Singleton playing like his head's on fire. Uh, same with Tiger Campbell, who used to be a minus on defense and now is, a, is definitely a plus. Uh, just across the board, the defense is looking great. So before we, we give our brief thoughts on the Arizona game coming up, uh, do you have any closing thoughts on the defense? No, I, I thought that they played well, especially missing uh, Jaime. You know, I think I'll, I'll, I'll keep saying that he's the heart and soul of the team. And, so and like, yeah, Jaime and Jalen Clark are probably their two best, the defenders. two best defenders, period. And like I said, for them to shut 
Stanford down to 40, like I said, 43 points. Um, and Cal to 57, like that's real defense, you know. And I think there's, you know, they scored 81 against Cal and they scored 66 versus um, um, Stanford. And I think that's without the two best, basically the two best scores in Jaime and Johnny Juzek. So they're playing better. They're playing so, you know, like they're really active. I saw it when I watched the game against Arizona. They're really active hands. They were playing hard. Like I said, Watson comes in and plays with great energy. He's a freshman, so he's up and down, but like he still plays with great energy. And I think, like I said, they're coming together defensively, and that's what you need to be key to win in the tournament. You need to be on one string defensively, you know. Um, teams are going to be able to, you know, do a bunch of different offenses from Princeton offense to a full-court press to shooting a lot of threes to going inside. You're going to have to be able to adjust. And UCLA starting to be able to learn how to, you know, adjust, or, you know, on the fly. And also just, like, I'm really impressed with their defense these last couple games. We'll see about the Arizona game in Arizona because they're going to be having revenge on their mind. We'll get into that in a minute. But yeah, I'm really impressed for this last week. Yeah, and I think the 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 adaptability is something that you're bringing up. I think is really huge because that Stanford game they they're playing full court man press for most of that game, which is isn't something they've done a lot this year, and it worked perfectly. So if you're if you have good <laughs> enough defensive instincts and, and uh, IQ and all the intangibles there, uh, that you can pick up a new defensive scheme kind of just in, in the span of two days. Cause they didn't do it against Cal, not that much and just have it run as well as it did. That's great because that means, Oh yeah, we'll run a zone press. We'll, we'll run this. And you know, this team's going to be able to pick up different styles of defense, whatever they decide to go with. Yeah. But uh, I, I don't think running a man press against an athletic team uh, like Arizona is going to do too much. So, we will see how that turns out. Um, they will again, probably not be running that defense. <laughs> probably not. Uh, Jalen Clark with that concussion might still be out. Uh, we'll we'll talk to Mick Cronin on a Tuesday in the media availability and and see what the deal is with him. But Mick has not been too optimistic about him. Uh, Juzang, uh, he's asymptomatic in in COVID nineteen, which is good, but he's still got to have a negative test. Uh, after five days so he is in line to play on thursday uh but we still got to get there see if he tests negative see if it's all set um so that's up in the air jaime's ankles up in the air i think unless you have all three of those guys you're probably gonna lose because yeah you beat arizona without jalen clark um but that was at poly and that was when I know you were kind of the, the underdog and everything. Now you're going to be ranked higher than Arizona. You're going to Arizona. Mikhail's going to be loud. Uh, they're they're going to be just just throwing you off, just in your ear the whole game. If they you don't have all insane. three of those guys, I I don't think they can kind of weather the storm they did against a kind of crap team like Stanford. I mean, I mean Stanford isn't crap. They beat SC, but I think it shows more about SC on another topic. Yeah, you're going to need to be at full strength to beat Arizona at Arizona at this point. Um, they could do it otherwise. I just I, I don't see it being super likely. Oh, oh, first, I love the way you, you know, you describe the other teams and the, like, the crap team. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, very binary. Either, either you're you're awesome, you're sick or you suck. That's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Sick, There's no side. middle, no middle ground. <laughs> no. <laughs> but, uh, no, I think if they have 
I, yeah, you, you're probably right. They need all three. Mikhail, I was saying, like, Mikhail Crowd is insane. I mean, mm-hmm. me personally playing there. Yeah, you you know. <laughs> I know. The, the fans are insane. And, like, it's going to be sold out packed. They're going to be so jacked up. It's going to be insane. Uh, so it's going to be, you see, it's going to have their hands full. One. Two, you don't, I don't see Vamo's son. I know, I know my friend Vamo. Uh, I know he talked to his son, like, you know, in, in, in Stoney, like, no, no, you got to play tough. Come on, you know, <laughs> I, cause I, that's how his daddy was tough. So I know he talked to him, you know, and probably told him, like, you got to play better. They want to win. You got to play better. So he, he's not going to go over 13 or whatever he was from the field. <laughs> Yeah, no, um, that's not happening. That's not happening. And I felt like they let in the game, they let UCLA play physical with Arizona. Hopefully they can still let them play physical again in this game, but we'll see. Because if it's the track meet, it's not going to be close. I think Arizona wins by 10, 10, 15 points. If it's a track meet, UCLA has to slow that game down, make it a, a slow, you know, like a mid pace, not necessarily slow, but not necessarily fast. Yeah. Um, and like I said, Jaime has to play. They they need Jaime and they need Johnny. Um, without those two, they have no chance. Yeah, yeah. It's it's definitely uh they're going to be leaning on those two guys. And if they aren't able to, then they're yeah. they're definitely in trouble. But the the thing uh you're looking at, I think it was Saturday, Friday or Saturday, uh, the Arizona, Arizona State game. Uh, Arizona State was up early and played them close. I want to say up until the last 10 minutes or whatever. So either you have another intimidating opponent coming up in Arizona State on Saturday, or you completely broke Arizona when you played them last week. And and now they're going to be like flopping around, not sure of their identity or whatever. And they're, they're weak and you broke them last week. And now you can beat them down again this week. I'm guessing they're, I mean, they're a good team. They, their coach is pretty good, comes from a good program, Gonzaga. I think they're going to be ready for you. Uh, can you outpace that? Uh, can you kind of, like you said, just run the tempo where you're not letting him get, like it's not an 80-possession game or something like that? And, yeah, then you're, you're, you're probably in the clear as long as you dictate the pace, but you have to do it really uh, – it, on both ends of the floor. It's not just the defense. It's not just the offense. It has to be an all around performance and yeah, it, it'll, it'll be tough, uh, but they, they can do it. They just yeah. need all those guys. They need to be a full strength. No, no, I agree. I, without, like I said, without those two, without the, all three of them, essentially, I don't think they win, but I think if, if what happens is this, you know, this is what I was already forsaken in the future. Say they lose to Arizona on Thursday, and then they turn around and beat Arizona in the Pac-12 championship while Arizona's maybe ranked ahead of them. Say they're seven and Arizona six, you know, or something like that. And so you beat a top, you beat Arizona two out of three, you beat another top 10 team. Uh, you, your resume is already set, you know. Yeah, Marquette's uh, ranked two now. So they're, they're a yeah, good team. That, that yeah, win yeah. looks better and better. Yeah, no, Marquez was a good team. It was a good time. They, I saw them beat somebody, like blew the brakes off another ranked team. Oh, they beat Villanova. There you go. Yeah, they beat <laughs> Villanova in Villanova. So I think, um, you know, like I think for them, like UCLA, they have a great resume of wins, you know, with the Arizona, the Villanova, the, the Marquette on the road. They have a great resume. They could be that C twice. 
um, and two more ranked teams. They have the they have the road ahead of them to be a one seed somewhere. It might not be the West. It might they might have automatically give that to Gonzaga, but it could be somewhere. I think they have a, a one resume if they win majority of their games coming up. Even if they lost one or two, I think they still have a one resume. Yeah, yeah, I, they're they're in a good spot. Uh, kind of not regardless of what happens against Arizona this week, but like you said, they're they're not going to get swept by Arizona. And at this point, they're in a very good position to beat them in a season series. So that's big. Uh, we got a couple minutes left in this Rams Niners game. We'll try to wrap up the show before the end so we can see it. Oh, it's a two minute warning. So uh, all tied up. Oh, uh, seven, seven, 17 all Rams are in the red zone. So quickly, just a uh, rapid fire football things before we go. Um, they uh, added a couple transfers uh, to the defensive line, uh, Jacob Sykes from Harvard and then Gary Smith from Duke. So those are two big physical guys, uh, big ads because you, you kind of needed stuff there because you didn't add a recruit. There's no one in the, the recruiting class that's coming in the, from the freshman on the defensive line. You lose a Tito Abonia to the NFL draft. You lose Daytona Jackson. So you're down two starters plus three reserve guys out of the transfer portal. It's looking like defensive line was going to be a, a, a point of weakness on this defense, but you bring in those two veterans. Uh, they, I think Sykes was all Ivy or something. And, and uh, Gary Smith wasn't as good as that, but uh, playing in ACC school had some pretty decent production between those two guys. Your defensive line's looking better. Uh, I know they, they offered a couple edge rushers out of the, the transfer portal from North Texas. Uh, they're twins. Uh, so that'd be fun. They were really good at conference USA uh, play this past year. Um, and then I, I think uh, Bruno Port online, uh, they were the first to report that Deandre Gill, the edge rusher the freshman coming in. Uh, he did not sign an early signing day and apparently will not be signing uh when when the official normal sign signing day comes comes uh this week so i'm uh, not sure the reason why but that doesn't look like it's happening probably not going to get any guys on signing day uh but if if you lose that edge rusher and maybe get those north texas guys then you're in a pretty decent position so it's a lot of defense talk uh over the past week uh so a lot of moving parts but not in as horrible of a position as i thought they'd be in uh maybe two <laughs> weeks ago and i kind of rattled off all the holes they were going to be facing on that side of the ball they're they're looking all right they're that defense depending on who the the coordinator hires can that defense can be pretty good no definitely i think um they got some transfers and like that's what transfer portal is going to be now and i told you that's what jim kelly chip kelly is going to really like look He's going to look for guys that are proven guys who are grad transfers or guys who are transferring from schools, because I feel like they think that like, uh, you know, those, those, those kind of transfers would be a little bit more hungry, a little bit more, you know, ready to prove something rather than a, a, a four or five star recruit. Um, it'd be interesting to see what happens. Um, this, this next signing day coming up next week. Because like you said, they probably won't get any signings, but let's just say what happens in the transfer protocol, transfer portal. Because let's just say uh, you're a defensive end at Clemson. I'm just throwing out of school. And you're you're about to st- – you, you didn't start last year, but you're a high-level recruit, but then they get the number two recruit in the country or something like that, and that's what Clemson usually happens. You know, they recruit over each other. So then you're like, man, I'm going to be behind him and then behind somebody else. Man, forget this. 
I'm going somewhere to play. You know what I'm saying? And that's that's how it goes. These 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 uh these signings can determine transfer protocols. It just they can. Yeah, yeah, and I think um the there isn't much of a strict timeline on the transfer portal and everything. So that means that I don't know we might get into the beginning of March and there's still guys putting their names in. So. They're, the, the guys who are out there right now, uh, UCLA doesn't seem to be going after too many of them, um, but there will be plenty of names added to that portal for UCLA to pick through. Really, they're going to need one starting level offensive tackle. Once they get that, I feel pretty good about this team. Uh, they, they'll, if, they, if they get a starting tackle uh, on offense, it's, it's an eight-win eight floor. You can get 10 wins with that team. Um but that's the number one ad, and there's still maybe some ads to be to be made on uh, in defensive backfield, cornerback. Um, but that's pretty much all the football news we've got this week. I'm looking. Uh, Rams just went ahead on a field goal. Niners got the ball with a minute 46 left. So let's wrap things up quickly so uh, we can <laughs> we can see the end of this game uh, and it's all in all its glory. So uh, Travis, uh, where can people find you and your work online? All right. Pretty much. You can find me on Instagram on at Travis W. Reed um, and also on Facebook on at Travis. I mean, not at Travis, at Travis W. Reed on Facebook. I post all my social media stuff on there as well. Uh, got some new stuff coming out, you know, possibly on YouTube. So be on the lookout for that, too. Nice. Good stuff. And uh, you can follow me at Sam Conan uh, on Twitter and uh, you can head over to uh, all Bruins, the UCLA site on Sports Illustrated to check out this show, uh, to check out uh, exclusive interviews with coaches, with players, uh, all the things going on uh, for all the teams on campus. You can catch it there. You can follow SI on All Bruins on Twitter and Facebook. So keep an eye out for that. Uh, thanks so much for listening. If you made it all the way this far in the episode, appreciate you. Uh, make sure you subscribe, like, share, and do everything to spread the word for the podcast. Appreciate it. And uh, we'll see you next week. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.